My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him. And the host who invited both of you may approach and say, give your place to this man. And then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place, so that when the host comes to you, he may say, my friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, when you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. So Wednesday night, I was trying to be a good, responsible, diligent priest. I had gone back to reading through this gospel passage. I had some biblical commentaries out. I was making some notes and such. And then my phone started to vibrate that I had a text message. Foolishly, I looked at it and read a message from a friend saying, Quick, put on Comedy Central. And foolishly, with an immediacy and an obedience that I wish I always had in my spiritual life, I grabbed the remote and I turned it on. Well, what was the urgency that required such attention? It was a re-airing of one of my favorite TV shows, The Office, and one of my favorite episodes called The Dinner Party. For those who are unfamiliar, The Office is the sitcom whose premise is that a documentary crew is filming the everyday life of the employees from the Scranton, Pennsylvania branch of Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. And over the eight years that the show was on, they hysterically depict the idiosyncrasies and the idiocy of the whole variety of characters, from branch manager Michael Scott to salespeople and warehouse employees and bosses from their corporate office. And you're constantly confronted and amused by the variety of egos, the inappropriate behaviors and the relationships of all these characters that they depict. Whether it's someone saying something offensive and being completely clueless about it, or just being oblivious to how their actions are affecting the people around them. 
Well, it's been said that the dinner party is one of the most cringe-inducing episodes in their eight-year run, which is why I love it so much. Considering every episode is designed to make you go from rolling your eyes to actually feeling that tension and that awkwardness from the storylines, this is saying something. Well, in this particular episode, Michael Scott and his former boss before she was fired and now girlfriend Jan are hosting a dinner party for two sets of couples, Jim and Pam and Angela and Andy. Eventually that turns into three couples when a previously uninvited employee, Dwight Schrute, shows up at the home with a date, a woman easily 30 years older than him who had been his babysitter when he was growing up, just to set the stage of how awkward this whole thing is. And even with multiple viewings of it, the discomfort never breaks in that whole 22 minutes as the dysfunction of those relationships are on display. Or even during a casual game of charades, the level of hostility ratcheting up with each round intensifies. Providentially, that episode interrupted my reflecting on the gospel. Not that I think that the Lord directed television programmers for my homily prep, but he does know how to use things for his glory, including my attention deficit disorder. Because here I'm watching this episode that I've seen more times than I can count, and then I go back to this gospel, and now I have these office characters in my head as Jesus seems to be giving etiquette lessons for a dinner party. The characters in the office demonstrate that even though they're gathered for a dinner party, which should be something that's enjoyable and fun and relaxing. Each of those characters demonstrate the complete opposite of that. Michael and Jan, they basically hate each other and they're constantly demonstrating that while at the same time calling each other babe, which is excruciatingly painful as they tell embarrassing stories about one another to their guests. Andy desperately wants to be in any relationship that he settled with Angela, who was only dating him to punish Dwight for killing her cat. So even the slightest of displays of affection from Andy are outright and dramatically dismissed. And Jim and Pam, they just want to be anywhere but there. And they try their best to speed the night along with outright escape plans, saying that there was a flood or, or there was a fire that happened at their home. No one at the dinner party are remotely happy, and it's dramatically and comedically on display for all the viewers. It probably wasn't as apparent to the guests in the real life dinner party that Jesus himself attends how unhappy they are. And that's even more tragic, because with Jesus in their midst, they have the opportunity to dine and encounter love incarnate. God draws near to them. As St. Paul in his letter to the Hebrews today describes, God's no longer distant from them with these great signs and wonders, with the blazing fire and the gloomy darkness and voices speaking words from lofty heights that in a sense made, made God seem so distant and made them afraid of God. St. Paul contrasts that with the reality that God has drawn near to us in Jesus. Yet at this dinner party, how is Jesus welcomed? What is the response as he shows up to be with the, his guests? Which isn't just any meal, but a Sabbath meal, which is meant to be a place of rejoicing and resting in God's abundant goodness. 
to take stock of, of his blessings and to enjoy them. Right from the outset, the gospel tells us the people were observing him carefully. Unfortunately, the, the lectionary cuts out the, the immediate six verses that follow that where Jesus heals someone who is suffering from a physical illness on the Sabbath, which was forbidden by their reading of the law of God. So in short, what the people were doing when they were observing him carefully were they were already whispering about him. Who does he think he is? What's he doing? What's he even doing here? Here Jesus had been invited into this Pharisee's home, and instead of true hospitality and authentic, genuine welcome, there was immediately judgment. There was making determinations of who he was and who he wasn't and how he measured up or failed to measure up according to their terms, according to their standards. They had all these preconceived notions as God's chosen people, and all those preconceived notions and judgments made them fail to see what God was doing, pouring out his personal love for each and every single soul, extending his mercy and his healing, wanting them to know in the deepest recesses of their souls how much he cared for them and for them to fall deeper in love with him themselves. And all their arrogance and self-righteousness, they were not just blind to God in their midst. They were blind to how miserable they were, how unhappy they were as individuals. And that's why this parable that, that Jesus offers isn't a scolding or as random as it might appear at first glance. Because it might seem awkward that Jesus, the Messiah, the incarnate God who comes to save all humanity from sin and death, starts talking about seating arrangements and proper attitudes and behaviors when, when attending a banquet. But Jesus uses this dinner party to remind them of the importance of knowing who you are and who you're not. And that's why he gives that etiquette lesson with the manners of the concepts of humility and humbling oneself, because those are so often misunderstood. Some go around, for example, berating themselves, diminishing their gifts and their talents and their abilities, thinking it's better to be like that than to be boastful or braggadocious, all the while secretly hoping that someone's going to notice those, those attributes and basically demand that you accept their praise and adoration. I think of like someone who can really sing well, and they're like, oh, I'm awful, I'm terrible. And they just want you to say, no, 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 how could you say that? That's not humility. That's false humility. Humility, in short, is rejoicing in who you are. Rejoicing in what God has done for you. Giving thanks for the blessings in your life. And recognizing and admiring the blessings that others have as gifts from God as well. Humility is seeing how each and every one of us is made in God's divine image, how each and every one of us is loved, each and every one of us is unique and special, each and every single one of us has a place at God's table. All that is missing in this room of this dinner party that Jesus is attending. The beauty of this gospel message being proclaimed here and now is that we're reminded that Jesus loves us. He seeks us out. He invites us not to just any meal, 
but in receiving his body and blood in the Eucharist into relationship with him that begins now and is meant to bring us into eternity with him. He chooses us. But essential in that, we are reminded that we need to choose him. And in order to do that, we have to do two things. First is just allow that truth to sink in. To know that we've been chosen by Christ. That we've been loved by Jesus right here and for all eternity. And that requires humility. As the devil is, is ready to help supply a whole list of reasons why we might think we don't belong here or shouldn't be welcomed here. We know our sins and our failures. We know how we struggle with temptation. But Jesus has invited us, broken and as imperfect as we are. He welcomes us and meets us where we are in order to heal us and to restore us, especially as we're forgiven when we receive the sacrament of reconciliation. When we confess our sins and we receive his absolution, he reminds us that we're not defined by our imperfections. And we're not to let our, our identity be determined by our mistakes. We're beloved sons and daughters of a loving father, a father who sent his only son to make us just so. And that enables us to come here to receive his body and blood in the Eucharist. Jesus makes us worthy. And that leads us to the second response. This message needs to be shared. And that's why Jesus couples this with a call for us to be mindful and to be looking for those suffering, those in need, those who are looking for kindness and compassion, and welcome them, in, them into a relationship with the God who knows them and loves them as well. We are blessed to be here. In humility, we rejoice and accept the Lord's hospitality. May we have the openness of hearts to be transformed by this most sacred of dinner parties.